You are so good to each one of us, each one of us in this place that each one of us can cry out, whether we know it or not, I am blessed. I am healed. I am whole in Jesus' name. I am anointed and filled with the power of Jesus Christ because he is so good. Each one of us in this place, Lord, we give you thanks. We give you thanks because we don't deserve any of that stuff. And yet you love us. Yet we are favored. Your mercy is upon us. Your grace never ends in your forgiveness is made new over and over and over. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your undeserved goodness. How can we ever thank you other than lifting up praise, honor, and glory to you, O Lord, most high? We come before you for all kinds of reasons today, all kinds of things happening in our world, things that we can control and things that we cannot. And we lay them all at your feet. And we ask you, Lord, in your goodness and in your grace to take power over all of those things because we know that your power, your purpose will prevail no matter what. And we thank you right now for the ways that you are working, whether we know it or not. We thank you right now for the ways that you have provided, whether we know it or not. We, know, we thank you right now for the healing that you are providing right now, whether we know it or not. Father, the grace and the mercy that you have extended. Thank you, Lord, for you are good. Thank you for your goodness. You are so good to me. Church, can we sing one more time? Say, just say, you're so Just declare from the bottom of your heart, for he is good. this simple prayers, this simple words, this simple song as our offering to you. May you receive it. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Can we give him praise? For he is good. He is good. <laughs> amen. Can you turn to someone and just welcome them into the house of the Lord today? I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. We want to talk to you today about signing up to be a volunteer at the church. Yeah, it's not only a great encouragement to your church family, it's a great encouragement to your staff who works very hard to create all sorts of great events. There's great places where you can serve. That's good. That's good, Tommy. That's good. I mean, there's probably a million ways you can serve, all right? Figure out some ways to use your gifts and talents and volunteer. Yeah, buddy, it's, I mean, let's not overdo it. What? 
A million? I'm sure there's a million ways you could... A million? Uh, are, you ta- are you taking my... I-, I can do math. Maybe we could get a volunteer to help with the announcements. I'm, I'm good at announcements. Are I can, you? I can do it. Are you? Yes. I bet there's a million people who could do it better. Ouch. Somebody out there might want to help do announcements? Just had a general knowledge of the English language? Able to articulate? Hmm? Um, hair's optional. Okay, it's going too far. Church. We want to say thank you so much for your response um, in, in volunteering here at New Beginnings Church. And uh, it has been a tremendous response, uh, such, such a good one. Um, we have added new members to our worship team. I'm sure hey, you've nerd. noticed so uh, Isaac on, on keyboards. And we have, we have a, a drummer that is lined up. And we have some vocalists that are ready to go. And uh, our children's ministry has definitely increased in volunteers as well. And so thank you so much, church, for your response in the need. So thank you, thank you yeah, it makes so, all so the difference. Much. We could not do, we, when we say we, I mean the church could not do everything that it does in terms of reaching out and reaching into our community without your participation. Thank you for that. That's right. You know, church, uh, and, and as we're speaking about volunteers, uh, tonight, we, we want to we talk to you about a, a very important, not that any of them are not important. Uh, young people, you're dismissed. Sorry if, if that wasn't put up on the screen. Sorry about that, guys. Unless young you think that dismissed. we're too funny and you need to stay and listen to everything that we have to say. And they could say too, right? That's right. Yeah. So, but church, we want to we speak to you about something that's, that's so very important. And it's unfortunate that we have to talk about this. It is, most unfortunate. Um, but church, we, we want to talk about safety and security here at church. And it's, it's if of prime importance that we keep us safe. Unfortunately, we live in a day and age where we have to have a security guard up front, where the, ch- where the church is being persecuted, not just in the building, but of course, you feel it at work. You might feel it at school. You feel it at, at the grocery store, right, when you're just praying with somebody or at the gym, that we, like, you know, some of us have done before, and people are like, Ugh, leave that stuff at the church, will you, you know? And so, you yeah. know what, family, we, we're under persecution, but we need help in our safety and security team. And if the Lord is, it's so important because it's not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, right? We have special events that we need help with, like um, Parents' Night Out. You know, we need some help at Parents' Night Out and the some of the other stuff. Saturday events mm-hmm. that come up, events right. that are here, events that are in other locations where the church is a sponsor. Um, you know, normally what we do when we have these um, volunteer opportunities is we bring someone from the team. Remember when it was the when it was a worship time and it was my turn to right. get drilled. And then whenever it was children's uh, ministry, we had someone from children's ministry come in. Our security team right now is so shorthanded. We can't bring them up also we want to kind of keep them under the radar so nobody actually knows exactly who they are but no in all honesty they the the need is so great that's right that in order for them to be here there would be no one um taking care of you um and that's important as well it is and to roxy's point you know she spoke about that because most of you might not even recognize who our safety and security team are because they're not you know six seven 325 pounds, you know, they're, they're, they're just normal people like you and I who work at maybe a bank or maybe a stay-home mom, or they're just just normal people that love to keep a watchful eye. And if I know something about my people is we like being mitoteros, right? We, 
chismosos. That's all and you guys always like looking team. across that's the that's room it. and see what's going on. Yep. You know. Mira quien vino. <laughs> Why is he wearing a trench coat in July? I know. That's what it takes. Hmm. That's what security takes. It takes some chismosos over there <laughs> looking to see who's here and who's not here. Mito te something. Right. But you know, that's what security is. Security is not someone who needs to wear, you know, the whole full garb if you don't want to. Security is just someone who is willing to keep an eye out and willing to speak up. Our society depends on the safety of everyone in this room, depends on people who are willing to speak up and willing to keep an eye out. We want all of you to be comfortable and at ease every time you walk into this room. You should not be afraid when you walk for a lot of reasons, right? First of all, the presence of God is in this place, um, but you should also still not be afraid. And it takes people just keeping an eye out. Pretty simple. I think we can all we can all keep an eye out, not to see what the ladies are wearing. Mira lo que se puso hoy. Mira cómo tiene el pelo. That's not the kind wearing of white after Labor oh Day. Oh my God, wearing Watson. white after Labor Day. You got on him about that, by the way. I, I did. I I told him he shouldn't be wearing those tiny shoes. Pas. Those tiny shoes are white, and it is after Labor Day. But that's not what the security team though does. I don't seriously. know. Jesus washed me white, sister. <laughs> Okay. But you know what, church, anyway, in all no, seriousness, seriously. in all seriousness, if you have and the Lord is pushing you and say, man, you know what, maybe this is something you should look into. There's a QR code behind me. Right. And you can scan that QR code with your camera and fill in that security slot. It's going to ask you where you want to uh, volunteer, where you see yourself volunteering. Just click on there that says safety and security team. And you know, maybe the Lord is saying, well, I want you to volunteer somewhere, and tonight we just happen to be talking about security. Well, guess what? There's a list of other stuff that you can also volunteer for. But tonight we really want to tell you, man, we have a need, and you guys have responded to that need in worship ministry, in children's ministry, and every other thing that we do. Man, we had volunteers uh, for Friday's uh, food distribution because most of the cat, most of the guys, rather, most, most, yeah, there were cats, there were guys, right? Most of the guys... Most of the guys went to the men's retreat, and, man, you guys responded, I mean, immense in numbers, right? Because we had so much so many volunteers. So thank you so much for that, church. And so if the yeah, Lord is you. pushing you and saying, just volunteer, get involved, scan that QR code that's behind me or maybe in front of you on the screen at home, and we really would love to meet with you and talk to you and say, hey, if security might not be it for you, because who knows, it might not be, then guess what? It might be something else. Right. And remember, for all of those volunteer opportunities, you don't have to, you know, dedicate hours and hours and hours right. and hours. If, if you've got one hour a week, if you've got one hour a month, we are happy to take that time and mm. use it for God's glory. Right. Amen. To reach a lost and dying world. That's what you are. You're the hands and feet of Christ. So put your hands and feet to work and volunteer whatever time you have. Amen. So we were talking about a little bit ago about um, special events that we sometimes have here at church. And... Um, as we're talking about special events, we just want to throw in a quick reminder. Men of God just came back from an awesome men's retreat. I don't know if you guys have heard. Maybe the men in your life have come back and said, man, what a time of refreshing, spiritual refreshment it was. We want to remind you that there's a, there's a Soldiers of the Cross men's conference that's going to be happening this Friday and Saturday here at New Beginnings Church. And so men of God, 
if you're interested in doing this, maybe you didn't get to go to the retreat this last weekend, and you said, well, I still want to participate, and what about, yeah, we still have a ton of stuff that we can do, like the men's retreat coming up this, this weekend. Here's something that conference. might convince them. Yeah. It's free. For one. It's a free yeah. event, right? You will be, it's here, it's full of prayer and fellowship and worship with other men of God, so right. I encourage you all to come in. Again, did I say free, just in case? Yeah. Underline it, bold it. Italicize it. Never know. It's a free event. We want to welcome you into that event, men of God. Amen. And with that, church, uh, we want to remind you uh, that if you have not been able to yet participate in no, those kind of uh, events, besides your tithe and your offering, please continue to check in our apps, uh, in our MBC ABQ app, rather, and look at what's going on uh, ahead of us in the next couple of weeks. We're talking uh, special events for sisterhood, the men of God as well, men of new beginnings. Um, you're talking child dedication, want to register for any of those events, you can do that there. And also, Trunk or Treat, Movie Trunk or Treat, Nine, yeah. Family Life Radio, all of so those many things. things. So many things. Just keep an eye on those things. And uh, as we say often, probably every time we're here, it is through your faithful donation that all of those things happen. Um, it's faith, your faithful giving that makes it possible. All of the things we talked about, all of the programs that we that we promote here, that's because our goal in this church is first to reach up to Christ and make sure we are living a life according to him, and then to reach out in into our church and make sure that each one of you have something that can build you up in the way that you need, and finally to reach out to our community. That is what we do, and thank you for your giving that makes all of that happen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. And with that, we'll turn it over to Pastor Richard Mansfield. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Thank you, Roxy. Appreciate you guys. It is such a joy to have you in the house of God. And uh, I do want to remind you that uh, that this Friday is going to be a lot of fun, man. I hope you're here. It starts at 5 o'clock. And it's going to be a real great move of God. There's some really awesome speakers throughout the weekend. So it's Friday night and then on Saturday for the uh, Soldiers of the Cross. Guys, I started a sermon series a few weeks ago and talking about in time of pain. Uh, pain is something that's inevitable. All of us deal with pain, every single one of us, at different levels. We deal with emotional pain, psychological pain, physical pain. We deal with spiritual pain. We deal with different issues that come our way. And everyone responds to pain differently. Everyone responds to situations differently. Some people, when they're going through something and a challenge, sometimes they have a tendency to get mad at God. And they're like, thanks a lot, God. After all, all I've done for you. Man, have any of you ever said that? I'll never forget, I said that to God one time. I was going through a challenging time, and I had been, I'd had knives pulled on me, I owned three guns from people that were going to shoot me. I led them to Christ. And I was going through a lot of stuff. And I felt like, man, God, after all I've done for you, he goes, what have you done for me? <laughs> Did you die for me? And I was like, okie dokie. Uh, really, I haven't done very much, have I? <laughs> but when we're hurting, we either are going to run to God or run from God. And some people run away from God. And some people that used to sit right next to you haven't been in church in a while. And they haven't been in church because they're hurting and they're angry. 
And they're upset with God. They're upset with people of God. They're upset with the church. They're upset with Christians. They're upset with just how life has turned out. And yet Jesus, in the midst of all that, he says in the words of, in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says these famous words that we've heard, come to me, all of you who are weary. Come to me, all of you who are exhausted, all of you who are tired, all of you who are ready to give up and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Rest. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. Yet people run. So Father, tonight I pray that you would help us really learn not to run from you, but run to you in Jesus' name, amen. You see, we run from God when we're mad at God. If you're mad at God, some people haven't come to church anymore and they don't talk to God, they don't pray anymore. They just say, I don't even believe anymore. You don't even know what I've gone through. And they're mad at God and they're mad at everyone. They're, or some when they feel guilty. Like, man, I can't go to the church. You don't even know what I've done, man. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've been doing. And oh, I'm so ashamed. I feel horrible. And I'm afraid that if I walk in, the building will cave in. Or I'm afraid if I go to church, man, everyone's going to know. And they're going to look at me and go, oh, there he is. There she is, the sinner. There he is, the sinner. Man, maybe it's because they're looking in the mirror, huh? No, 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 I forget I said that, you know. <laughs> but, but when someone feels guilty, sometimes they, they don't necessarily get close to God. Or when people feel that God doesn't care. Some people that feel that God doesn't care because they really put their hope and trust in him and things didn't turn out the way they wanted to. But they weren't really obeying God and they did something really dumb and then when they finally turned it around, they go, well, I thought Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And they do work together. God could work them back together, but you know what? It didn't get there overnight and it's not gonna change overnight. God has to take the mess you made and straighten it out. Other people run away from God when there's pain that they're trying to hide. They don't want to show anybody they're in pain. They don't want to tell anyone that they just went through a divorce. They don't want to tell anyone that, they, that they're having marital problems. They don't want to tell anyone that they, their boyfriend broke up with them, their girlfriend broke up with them. They don't want to tell anyone that they, they got fired at work or they got demoted. They don't want to tell anyone of some of the struggles they're going through. So they, they have a tendency to run away or, or also when they don't feel worthy of his healing, of his, of, his, of his majesty. They feel like, man, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve God to love me. I don't deserve God to hold me. I don't deserve God to heal me. I don't deserve, I don't deserve, I don't deserve. And so consequently, they run away from God. So I, I really wanna talk to you not to run. So the first thing I want to say is don't run from God simply because you're struggling with him. Some people run away from God because they're struggling. Don't you understand every single person struggles at one time or another? If we were really, really honest right now and you turned to your neighbor and said, are you struggling? Some of them are going to say, oh, no, I, 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 everything's perfect. Peachy, creamy, hunky-dory. It's wonderful but they're twitching and they're, they're, they, 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 they. Now you don't have to say, oh, my life's miserable, but you can just say, you know what? 
things are going good, but but you know what? I'm 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 facing some challenges. Where I need prayer. I just need some encouragement. You know, people are hurting. We we live in a hurting world. I've told you this, but I really do pray with total strangers all the time. And I'll be honest with you. I I haven't had someone turn me down. I'll be at the grocery store wherever. And I don't make a spectacle out of them or me or of God. I just see the brokenness in them and I go, hey, and I try to look at their name tag and I go, hey, Johnny, hey, Susie, you doing all right? Oh, it's, you know what? You, you just look overwhelmed. Can I say a 10-second prayer for you? I promise not to embarrass you. You know what? They always say yes. And I just reach across and I go, God, be with Susie right now. Johnny's going through a challenging time. Encourage him right now through your Holy Spirit. Amen. That, that's it. And they go, oh, my gosh, thank you. And I've shared it before, but several times people behind me in the line are going, can you pray for me too? So I'm going, prayer at checkout number two, prayer at checkout number <laughs> But that's what I really feel like saying because they're already lighting up because there's people hurting. Don't think you're the only one hurting. Don't think you're the only one going through something. Look what it says in Psalm 22, verse 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? You are so far away when I groan for help. Can you hear his agony? Can you hear his pain? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Man, David's writing there and he's saying, I'm really going through a challenging time. I'm going to a time where I don't hear your voice. Sometimes the world is deafening you. Your pain is deafening you so bad. You, you run away from God because you don't think he's listening, but he has heard every single cry that you've cried out to him. In Psalm 56, verse 8, it says that he has a bottle filled with your tears. He's holding your tears, and he's captured them all and collected them all. Another thing is don't run from God because you think that you're the only one in the crowd bleeding. Some people think they're the only one in the crowd bleeding. They think they're the only one in the crowd hurting. They think they're the only one in the crowd going through what they're going through. They're going, oh, you don't even know what I'm going through. You know what? No one's going through what I'm going through. But if you took a survey, how many are going through this? You'd see hands going up. How many are going through this? You'd see hands growing up. How many are going through this? You'd see hands growing up, going up. We were at the men's retreat, and, and we started talking, and we were talking about where our, just our walk as a man. And then for those of us that are married, we said, hey, man, are you guys doing good in your marriage? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But by, by about eight hours into it, well, we're doing good, but, you know, we could do better. And we're having some challenges. And sometimes my wife wants to kill me. And sometimes I want to kill her. And you know what? God is really good, at, and, and, and it's helping me. And the things you shared tonight and the things people have shared and the things we're sharing here, and, and people were getting encouraged and, and realizing that as parents, we have some of the challenges that other parents did. And we were hearing the stories, and we were hearing, don't think you're the only one in the crowd bleeding. Do you remember in the Gospel of Mark chapter 5? Starting at verse 21 through 34, it says, Jesus got into the boat again, and he went to the other side of the lake. 
for there was a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. And when he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet, pleading fervently, My little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Man, you can hear the pain in the daddy. The daddy's going, please. And it says Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten worse, no better. Can you imagine? She's already spent everything she has. She took out her 401k. She took out her retirement. She sold her second car. She's, she's making crafts to do whatever she can, and she's used every resource only to get worse. It didn't get better. In fact, she had gotten worse, it says, and she had heard about Jesus. So she came behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I just touch his robe, I'll be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped. And she had been bleeding for 12 years she had had been sick. And immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that the healing power had come out, uh, gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? Now, there's tons of people around him. And his disciples go, <laughs> look at the crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking out to see who had done this. Then the frightened woman trembled at the realization of what had happened to her. And she came and fell at the feet at, to her knees in front of Jesus and told him what she had done. It's me, it's me. Don't get mad at me. I've just been sick for so long. I've been sick. I've been bleeding for 12 years. I, I, I knew I could... If I could just touch your robe, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to disrupt anything. And he said to her, oh, my daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine how she must have felt? Think about it. Try to get into her shoes right now. Try to get into her mind. Some of you have been suffering from some sickness for some time now. Some of you maybe even longer than 12 years. Some of you may not, maybe not as long as 12 years, but you've been going through a situation, maybe it is bleeding, maybe it's something else, where you have literally, your whole life has changed and your whole situation has changed, and now you're not as healthy as you used to be, as active and agile as you used to be, and you just can't seem to get around like you used to be, and you're like, man, I, I thought I was going to retire happy, and now they call it the golden years because the doctors take all your gold. They just charge you this and that and this and that, and you're like, man. See, don't run from God because you think you're the only one in the crowd bleeding. Don't run from God because you think you're the only one in the crowd hurting. 
And if we raised our hand and asked, how many of you are going through a challenging, painful time right now? Maybe every one of us would raise our hand. Everyone's got something going on. Everyone has a challenge. Everyone is there. That's why we're here. We're here to touch the garment. We're here to have an experience with God. We're here to have an encounter with God. We're here to be able to say, God, I believe that you heal. I believe that you restore. And I need your healing touch on my life. I'm not running from you. I'm here with you. Man, you've got to cry out. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 36, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Jesus always looked with compassion. And they were confused. He had compassion because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the odd person that is here tonight is the one without any kind of pain. <laughs> because we all have something going on, amen? We all have something going on. I mean, did you realize that Monday was 9-11? And it's been 22 years since 9-11 took place? That's hard to believe. There's a few of in here that weren't even born then. You weren't even born for 9-11. Hopefully you know what happened that day. But man, let me tell you something. God really did bring beauty from ashes. He rose us up, and he's going to raise us up. No matter what we're going through, God is going to see us through, and you've got to remember that. Another thing we have to remember is don't run from God because you think that your problem has to be the biggest to still be important. Some people think like, oh, I just have a little problem compared to them. Don't you understand God loves, loves us all? and he cares about every single detail of our life? Don't you understand? He understands what we're going through. Don't you understand? He sees what we're going through. Don't you understand? He cares about what you're going through, whether it's a hangnail. I don't know if whoever said hangnails are not painful. Maybe they're not the ones that pull them like people like me do. Like, oh, look at that. And you go like that, and it rips your skin. You're like, oh, my goodness gracious. You're like, man, chihuahua dog, what happened to me? And you're like, wow, what did we do? And something so simple can become so big. Don't you understand? For God, anything that you're going through that's overwhelming for you, he's there for you. It doesn't have to be something huge and catastrophic. It doesn't have to be like, I will, it's nothing compared to what they're going through. Let me tell you something. When you're going through, it's your worst situation. Everyone has something going on, and everyone is in pain, and everyone needs to say, God, I want to give this to you. Sometimes you're not even going through pain, but you're carrying someone else's pain. Look, if you are a parent, we carry our kids' pain. Come on, tell me you don't. How many times do you say, oh, mijo, I wish you weren't going through that. I wish I could take your place. Oh, my daughter, I wish I could take your place. Jesus already took their place. You need to give it over to him. 
but it hurts us when we see our husband or wife suffering. We see our father or mother suffering. We see our son or daughter, our brother or sister, our friend or neighbor, our best friend, and you can't seem to do anything and you feel helpless and you feel like, and you feel like man, and your friend's like, that's okay, that's okay. It's not that important. Yes, it is. Everything is important to God, everything. Look what it says right there in the gospel of Matthew chapter 10. Verse 29 through 31. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father in heaven knowing it. (laughs) And he says, and the very hairs on your head are numbered. So he knows how many hairs are in your head or how many are missing. So don't be afraid. You are more important, you are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. So he's saying, listen, if he's concerned about sparrows, if he's concerned about these tiny little birds, if he's concerned about them, please know you are much more important to him than they are. So don't ever think that your pain isn't important to God. Don't ever think that you're not important to God. Don't ever think that you don't matter. Don't ever think that you don't care. Don't ever think that we don't care because people love you. People are praying for you. People are encouraging you. And people are trying to reach up and they're trying to help you. And God wants to help. God, he wants to help us to help others. That's why we reach down to give them a hand up, not a hand out. A handout just feeds them for a moment. A hand up teaches them for a life. And that's what we want to do is help transform lives, is help change their life and minister to their life. So don't ever think that your problem has to be really big before God sees it. God sees every situation you're going through. He knows every situation you're going through. And he's trying to help you. He's trying to minister to you. And he's trying to speak to you even before you get there. He's trying to let you know, even before you're there, that he's there and he will see you through. So quit denying the power of God. Quit denying, because sometimes you want to pray with people or, or you encourage them and they go, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Someone, I saw someone the other day and they go, oh, whatever you do, don't tell me, give it to the Lord, give it to the Lord. I've already given it to the Lord. Like, why would you get all, I don't want to hear, give it to the Lord. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of that. Because sometimes, you know what? We have an attitude. We have an attitude and we don't give it to the Lord. Because you know how we pray? Ah, Lord, here, I'm going to give you this. I don't think you could do anything about it. I don't even know why I'm praying. It's kind of a waste of time, but okay, God, I need you. Wow, that's a real faith of pray, a prayer of faith. I really believe you could do something, God. I'm, I'm just saying that because I'm supposed to, not because I believe it. See, God wants us to believe it. God wants us to say it. He wants us to believe it. He wants us to hold on to it. He wants us to know that no matter how small that problem is, he's going to see you through. No matter how small that situation is, he's going to lift you up. No matter what you're going through, he's going to let you know, if I be for you, nothing's going to be against you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to be with you, and you're going to make it. God's an encourager. God speaks truth. 
and he speaks truth, and he says, I'm, I'm, I'm the rock roller. You remember? There was a big stone in front of the grave of Jesus. How are we going to move the stone? Jesus goes, oh, that's what I do, man. I move rocks. Watch this, watch this. Oh, yeah. And they're tripping out. They're like, man, how did that happen? Man, it took a... a it took a battalion of soldiers to put that in place. And God just went, dunk. He just moved it real easy. I, I, my version of it, see, when I, I look at the Bible, I see the angel on top of the stone kind of rocking. And you see the angel rocking like that? And his legs are just rocking. And he's sitting on top of the stone going like this. And... Mary and Mary Magdalene and the mother of Jesus show up and go, where's Jesus? <laughs> He's risen. Who moved the stone? This little thing. Ah, God sent me down here and he said, hey, go move that stone. I said, I need your power. He goes, yeah, here it is. Moved it. That's what God's trying to say to you. Your problem, no, it might be small in your eyes, to God, he says, I've got the power to move the stone. But not just can he move stones. He rose the dead. He raised the dead that day. Jesus was dead, and he's no longer dead. He's alive forevermore. Have you really ever thought of that? I mean, the Bible says in the next 50 days, from the day of the resurrection to the Pentecost, man, there were hundreds and hundreds that saw Jesus. It wasn't just the disciples, and it just wasn't the 120 in the upper room. It was literally 500 over here, and there was 200 over here. There were several hundreds of people that saw Jesus alive. Now, I don't know about you. If you buried your uncle or your aunt or your mom or your dad or your brother or your sister or your son or your daughter, and all of a sudden you see them walking around, I don't know about you, I'd trip out. Man, they were dead. Is that you, Mom? Yes. Dad, is that you? Yes. What? We? What? We? 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 What? We? 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 Wow! Wow! Are you with me? He raised the dead, and they're going, man. And they tried to say, no, the Roman soldiers lied. The apostles are lying. Why would they lie? They gave up their life for that truth. They gave up, their, gave up their life. They were martyred. I don't know about you. If they're going to torture you and they're going to kill you, I'd say, okay, I'm lying. No, I'm not lying. Go ahead and kill me. Because you know what? Either he's going to save me, and even if he doesn't, guess what? I'm going home. I'm going home. Man, I'm out of here. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Because you know what? I'm not of this earth. I'm heaven bound. See, it doesn't matter how small your problem is. The problem is we don't speak up. The problem is we don't share it. The problem is we don't ask for prayer. The problem is we're arrogant. We think, why? I'm embarrassing. I'm not going to ask for prayer. I did that before. Several years ago, my wife and I were going through a very difficult, challenging time. 
ministry is hard. They had done five drive-by shootings at my house because we were leading so many gang members to the Lord. Five drive-by shootings. I wasn't even a gangster, and they shot up my house. I wasn't selling drugs or anything. And bah, 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 they shot up my house. Had a newborn baby. He was only three months old. They shot up my house. Man, we were tripping out. Then they did two or no, three drive-by shootings at our church. It was a, a weird, scary time. So we were talking about maybe we had to just leave. And I was like, we can't leave. We got to stay. And Cindy's like, I'm going to leave. So she'd start packing. I'd unpack the bags. And then, I really mean it, she would be putting clothes in a suitcase. I'd take it out. And then there was times I did that. I said, I can't deal with I, 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 I thought I heard God to come here and start a church in Albuquerque. Obviously, I didn't hear it. We're out of here, babe. And she'd get the clothes and hang it up. She goes, God sent us here. We'd, we'd fight about staying. I don't want to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm not, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm a, oh, my gosh. To the point that, man, it was affecting our marriage. And do you think that I asked for help and for prayer? I'm the pastor. I can't ask for prayer. I'm perfect. I am Superman. I don't have problems. The pastor never goes through trials and tribulations. Where did that lie come from? The Bible says in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, in this world you will have many, many, many trials and tribulations. In this world, you're going to have a lot of headaches. In this trial, you're going to have a lot of hiccups. In this world, you're going to have a lot of setbacks. In this world, you're going to go through some stuff. But be of good cheer, he says, because I have overcome the world. You are going to make it because I'm going to give you the strength. So hold on to me. But you've got to ask for help. I was too proud to ask for help. I didn't want to say, hey, man, Cindy and I are going through a tough time. Can you pray for us? I didn't. I've got to be an example to everybody. Yeah, why don't you tell the truth and say, I need prayer? And so finally, our marriage is practically falling apart. And I finally said, I need prayer. I need prayer. And people started praying. And man, next month, we're going to celebrate 45 years of marriage. We made it. And we're still making it. And there's still sometimes she wants to kill me. And there's still some times I want to kill her. But glory to God, he's a loving God and helps us through it. Come on, let's be honest. Doesn't your wife get weird every once in a while? Yeah, come on, ladies. Doesn't your husband get weird every once in a while? Some of you ladies are going, no, he's weird all the time. He's just weird. <laughs> but you know what? God sees us through. But we have to ask for help. we got to humble ourselves and say, hey, man, would you pray for me? You know what? I'm struggling. My kids are driving me nuts. I don't know what to do. You know what? Pray for me. My mom and dad are driving me nuts. I don't know what to do. Hey, pray for me. I don't have a dad in the home, and you know what? It's hard. You know what? Pray for me. My mom just walked out on us all. We don't know what's going on. Hey, pray for me. School is really hard. There's guys that take drugs over there, and drugs are all over the campus. Hey, pray for me. You know what? They, some people even take weapons. They take guns to school. 
pray for me. Hey, pray for me because you know what? Some people are trying to force me to get into a gang and I don't want to. Hey, pray for me. You know why? Because you know what? I'm having trouble at home and there's this man at work that's always flirting with me and now I actually kind of like it. Pray for me that I don't cave in. Hey, pray for me. Am I connecting with anyone? See, we need to humble ourselves and say, my problem might not seem that big in my eyes, but I'm telling you, God is there going, I know you're going through it, and I'm going to go through it with you. I'm going to see you through. And we need to humble ourselves and release it to him. And then the fourth thing we need to do is don't run from God just because you can get lost in the cave of hopelessness. If you start running from God, before you know it, you lose hope. You lose love. You lose compassion. You lose comfort. You forget that God is there. And next thing you know, you're in a cave of hopelessness. You're in a cave where the darkness is so real, you can't even see your hand in front of you. Haven't you ever been there where you're so disappointed and so broken and you're wondering, God, where are you? I can't even see your hand. But I'm telling you, even when you can't see the hand of God to trace it, you can see his handprint all over the place. God is right there. He's seen you through. He's going to see you through. He's going to be with you. He's not going to turn his back on you. Look what it says in John chapter 9, verse 1. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Man, there's some people from birth, they've been blind. They were never born with sight. It's hard. There's some that were born with sight, and now they're losing their sight. Some because of glaucoma, some because of cataracts, some because of diabetes, some because of a freak accident. And, and man, there's people I know that get shots in their eyeballs. That even sounds like, ooh, are you kidding me? Wow. They go, no, it doesn't even hurt that much, and I'm getting better, and you know what? But, but there's pain. Can you imagine being blind from birth? There's some of us that have, a, we were born with some issue that we might be able to hide real easy, but we haven't been able to hide it from us. We know it's there, and we know the pain we go through, we know the suffering we go through because of it. And if you don't follow God and you run from God, you will end up in a cave of hopelessness and start having a pity party and think, you know what? I can't do this. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, rise up, O man of God. Rise up, O woman of God. And you have the victory. And you press on no matter what. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, it says, one of the men lying there, had been sick for 38 years. Some aren't from birth. Some, we don't know what happened to this guy. We just know he was lame. He was crippled. And he's laying by the pool of Bethesda. And he had been there 38 years. You know how it is. Sometimes you end up becoming identified by your sickness. I'll never forget, I... I shared the story, but at our old church at Carlisle and Montgomery, one time there was a guy at the altar, and I know he had been sick. And I'm telling you, I felt so impressed. God said, 
go pray for him. God wants to heal him. And I walked over to him and I said, God just told me he wants to heal you. I want to pray a prayer of healing. He goes, no, 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 don't do that, man. I'll lose my disability. I'm like, what? <coughs> you don't want healing <coughs> because you're going to lose your disability? My, my, my. Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they say. I was like, wow. I was like, if God can heal you and he wants to heal you, don't you think he can take care of you? Better than the government? Hear me, church. Don't get caught in the cave of hopelessness. Don't get caught in that moment where you get lost into your pain and your suffering, and that's all you think you are, and you start getting identified by that. Look, I'm still recovering from this hip thing I went through. And some people tell me, man, you're doing amazing. My cousin, my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, they had a hip surgery, and they're still all jacked up. So when I hear that, I'm like, orale, hey, I'm doing great. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes I can't even get up the steps, and I'm going, I feel like Frankenstein. But you know what? I'm not going to be labeled by my hip. I'm labeled by the Lord. I'm a child of God, and right now I might be laid up a little bit, but in the name of Jesus, we're going to keep marching forward. Limping or not, I'm going to get it. Limping or not, I'm still in the battle. I still got the armor on, and I'm like, orale, bring it on. Come on, let me go out front. And I might be going like this, but I'm going out front. Because you know what? Greater is he who's in us. Greater is he who's in us. We got to remember that. You cannot stay in the cave of hopelessness and say, ooh, now I have this sickness, and now I'm this, and now I'm that, and now I'm that, and now I'm this. Let me tell you something. It's a real drag when you are told you have certain sicknesses. But sometimes it cripples us. Those words are scary. I've had cancer. I had cancer for nine years. And I know what it's like when you hear those words. I didn't even go to the doctor for my cancer. I took my daughter to get a zit off of her face to a dermatologist. And I was sitting there, and when he walked in, he just looked at the chart and said Mansfield. So he goes, he didn't even see my daughter. He saw me right away, and he goes, oh, hi, Mr. Mansfield. Are you here to take that cancer off your face? And I go, bah. I've been told a lot of things about how I look, but never that I look like cancer. And I go, pardon me? I go, my daughter's here. He goes, oh, oh, Ashley. Well, Mr. Mansfield, you, you've got some cancer here. And I go, how can you tell just by looking? He goes, I'm the leading cancer doctor for skin cancer in the whole region. They need to set an appointment to take that off, and we need to give you a full body scan and blah, 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 and they found some here and here and here. I've had three different kinds of skin cancer. I've had basal cell, which is like a nothing kind. They just cut it off, and it's superficial, and I've had squamous cell, and that one goes out, and then it goes down, and it could be deadly, and then I've had melanoma, which is a real deadly kind. 
and they gave me medications that I gained all this weight. I was never a fat dude, man. Now, and all of a sudden, I'm taking medications to stay alive, and it's... <laughs> I'm like, I'm the Michelin man. Look at me. Man. But you know what? You can't get caught up in the cave of hopelessness. My teeth got all jacked up with all the medication. I used to have a beautiful smile, and now I don't even have teeth. People go, man, did you do a lot of crack? <laughs> no, I, I've never done crack in my life. They go, your teeth look like it. Yeah, well, what can I say? Man, but I, I understand that word is intimidating. You've got cancer. Ay, carambas. Yeah, it is. It's scary because we don't know. We don't know. But other words are scary. I want a divorce. What? We are going to have to declare bankruptcy. What? I just got fired. What? I just, I just, am I connecting with anyone? You see, there's caves that will come our way. And if you stay in there too long, you will end up losing your hope. But I'm telling you, if you just keep going, you'll find out that that's not a cave, it's a tunnel. And it might get dark for a while, but if you keep going, I'm telling you, you will come out on the other side stronger than ever before, and you will be victorious in the name of Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 2. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people coming into the temple. Man, he was broken. He couldn't walk. But you know what? Take me to the temple because there at least I can make it through. I, I'm going to beg, and man, I'm going to do whatever I can. And, and Paul, and, and, and he, he comes around um, to Peter, and he says, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, rise. I don't have what you're looking for, but I have something even better. Don't you understand? When you are going through some kind of challenging time, and you have been hit hard, and you are in that cave of hopelessness, I'm here to tell you, you might feel crippled, you might feel paralyzed, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk because our God is faithful and our God is true, and he's going to see you through this challenging time. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 27, it says, Jesus looked at them intently, and he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but not for God. Nothing is impossible for God. You see, everything is possible with God. Look, you don't have to walk around and tell the whole world your pain. It's okay to keep your pain private. Just don't keep it secret. Share your pain with somebody. 
The Bible says share your burdens one with another. Find someone you love and trust and say, hey, look, man, I don't, I don't want the whole world to start looking at me all weird, but you know what? I, I need you to pray for me. I need you to hold me. I need you to help me. I need you to carry me. I need you to minister to me. You know what? I'm going through some stuff right now. Nobody knows, but you know what? We might get divorced. You know what? I'm going through some stuff right now. Nobody knows, but I've got cancer. You know what? I'm going through some stuff right now. Nobody knows, but I have to have surgery. No one knows right now, but I'm about to lose my car. No one knows right now, but I'm about to lose my house. No one knows right now, but my son or daughter are on drugs. No one knows right now, but, 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 but I'm telling you, you need to pray and trust and believe that God's going to see you through because it's wise not to share your pain with everybody, but it's foolish not to share it with anybody. Share your pain with somebody that loves you, somebody that believes in the Lord, and someone that will pray with you, and someone that will see you through this challenging time, and someone that will believe with you, and they will see the hand of God raised up in your life and to totally transform you and to minister to you and to really turn you around and change it into something really, really great. So you need to trust him. You need to hold on to him. You need to believe. And you need to say, God, I really need you. I really want you. I so desperately want you in my life right now. So tonight, instead of running from God, I'm saying, come home. Come home. Our Father is waiting with his arms wide open. If you've never even given your life to Jesus today, I say, come home. Come home. Because you're his son, you're his daughter. And you haven't even come to be part of his family. And if you've never prayed to receive Christ and you want to do that tonight, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to do that. Is there anyone here tonight? Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to celebrate because God is doing something great. He's calling you out of the darkness into the light. For those of you that raised your hand, would you stand so we could pray with you? We're all going to pray this prayer. And we're going to say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I so desperately need you. I need a Savior, and I need a friend. Lead me and guide me all the days of my life. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Man, if you raise your hand, come up here real quick. I just want to give you a hug and give you a high five and celebrate with you what God is doing. And this is Pastor Chris, and he's got some material for you that he wants to give you. Man, brother, this is an amazing time. Praise God, man. This is awesome, brother. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Chris has some stuff for you, okay? He'll just go with him, and he, he's got some stuff. Thank you, brother. This is amazing. Amazing. God bless you, gentlemen. Go with Pastor Chris, and he's got some stuff with you. I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you've been running. Oh, you're here at church, but you're not even here. You're saying, I don't even know why I came to church tonight. And now you're going, man, now I know why I came to church tonight. 
Because God came to wait for me. He was here waiting for you before you even walked through the door. And he's waiting for you right now here at the altar. He's saying, come unto me. All you are exhausted, heavy laden, weary, and I'll give you rest. So would you stand with us? And if you want prayer, please make your way up. We're not going to prolong this, but I just want you to know that God has a word for you. Come up and receive your prayer. Come up and receive your encouragement. Come up and receive God's love. Come up and receive God's forgiveness. Come up and receive God's power and strength. As you make your way up, sing this song with the worship team, would you?
favor rests upon the weak. Your children come before you tonight, lifting up all sorts and manners of things that they face in their life with you, Father. Let them know that they are loved. Let them know that the peace of the Almighty goes with them and walks before them. And as they walk out this door, let them walk out in peace, knowing that you walk before them. Your grace goes before you. Your battles have already been won, and they must and should walk out as children of the Almighty, holding their head high, knowing that the battle has already been won. In your name we pray, Heavenly Father, amen and amen. Church, it's good to see you in the house of the Lord. Would you go out and live it out? Amen.